Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's midsummer and I'm back in heaven. Yes, where is heaven? It's Rosie May's wonderful gardens near the hill of Slain. And I've been here from the start of the year. And we stand here, both of us, and I am in awe of the roses, Rosie. The roses, Rosie. These are just some of the roses because here at the pond, because it's quite a distance from the house, I wanted something to stand out. So I decided I'd plant peach, various shades of peach. So you can see... There's this one here is Port Sunlight. This one is the Generous Gardener. This one has a fabulous name called Hot Chocolate, which I love. <laughs> oh, yes. Alexander over here. And then this really unusual one. Do you see that one there? It actually looks, it almost looks like it's dead, but it's not. That's called Julia. and uh, Julia's Rose. And it's kind of a coffee-coloured uh, rosebud, if that would be correct. And then, but this is my absolute favourite. So the name of this is Tottering by Gently. Which is what I feel I'll be doing after all this gardening. Isn't that fantastic? It's beautiful. And you know, for listeners, let me just take in the aromas of the roses. They're absolutely beautiful. Let's smell the tottering. Isn't that lovely? Oh my God, isn't it just beautiful? It's gorgeous. And it's a lovely rose because it's actually just got an open flower. So the bees, it's very accessible for the pollinators and the bees and all that. But I just love that although there's clusters of little flowers, even if you deadhead them, new shoots start coming up. Do you see underneath there? I see them. There's like next week's flowers. And that will literally bloom until the first frosts. How important is it to deadhead them? Oh, very, because you can see, do you see Julia's rose now? I was delighted they lasted until you got here today. But they're starting to get very blousy. And then we had a big downpour last night and the roses don't really like that. Personally, I was thrilled because the garden is so dry, Mm. which is wonderful. And it's fantastic to have the good weather. But as a gardener, you're going, oh, gosh. So I've joined in with all the farmers going, "Okay, I don't want too much rain, but I want a little bit of rain. (laughs) And then when you get the rain, you're going, oh, no, it flattened my cat mint. You know, so we're never happy. Never happy. But I want to do something before we move from the roses. I want to read from this lovely stone that's in the middle of the bed. And it says to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And that's a quote from the wonderful, the late, great Audrey Hepburn. So it is. And in fact, that lovely stone, um, we have a joke because my husband um, gets plants for his birthdays and anniversaries and Christmas. He gets trees that he never knew he wanted. So he got me back. He got me a stone. (laughs) But at least he put a beautiful quote on it. He brought it off and uh, got that carved into it because it is true, isn't it? Because when you're out in all weathers and you're here in the autumn and you're throwing bulbs in the ground and you're going what am I doing you know I should be inside you know with my feet up but then 
you know, you're believing that in the spring or and then obviously in the summer with roses, you're going to get this lovely colour. Yeah, and that is yeah. the the forward looking and the hope that we all have and the garden certainly brings that. You mentioned a moment ago about the dry spell and I think it's back to the 15th of May at this stage with damn all rain. Yeah. But this is the first time I've been here in my mm-hmm. uh, casual shoes yes. and we're down in the lower part of the garden. We're really, it's been wellies all the way up to this. Such yeah. a change. Such a change. And that's, I think it's also to do with our soil here in County Mead. We've got lovely, rich clay but um, in the winter, that kind of holds the water. And then in the summer, it's amazing. The same soil that just is so sodden over winter, it suddenly there's huge cracks and craters in it. It's quite extraordinary. Mm. You know, so we just, we've had very little rain. And we always say our house is under an umbrella because we have friends. I had friends here the other day and they live just about 10 miles away. And they were saying, God, wasn't that a terrible downpour? And I was like, what downpour? And I mean, they just couldn't believe that we did not get the biblical rain that they got, you know. So last night I was doing a bit of a rain dance and I was like, thank God, oh, it's raining, it's raining. Who knew? Who knew? such an important thing oh yes it is and uh, that's what uh, nature is and the weather systems on this little island of ours okay so from the roses where are we heading now as we pass the silver birch which were the really the main feature in the winter you'll see these are lovely they're red hot pokers even though they're yellow and you can see there's a few behind as well they're kind of orange and some nice bamboos but this whole area when you come back the next time will be completely different because see the hydrangeas yes they'll hopefully all be out it's amazing and I, you know, think back to my first visit and the visits I've been here in between and the way the different flowers and plants, etc. have their time. It's funny because I think, oh no, like to see that half dead looking plant there. Yes. Now, doesn't that look awful? In the spring, that was absolutely glorious. Mm-hmm. So it's a gentian, Veronica. A poppy with sort of little black eyes in yeah. the centre of, of the leaf. Yeah, well named, a ladybird Of the poppy. flower, should I say. Yeah. Little black eyes in the centre yeah. of the flower. And they're annuals. So the reason I'm leaving the half dead ones there is because I want to gather the seed. So although it's a bit of an eyesore, I think it doesn't really take away when then you lift your eye and you look up to what's behind because there's more roses here. And look at, I mean, it's just, I don't know, I just think it's a lovely kind of swathe of colour. Oh, Reds beautiful. and oranges. And Large foxgloves there at the back. Yeah. Look at the range of colour in this yeah. bed. Yeah, there's lots of roses and then I've planted salvias for later and then the hydrangea will come on later as well. And just these little um, cat mints. Now, that's a new one I quite like. Uh, I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Persian blue or Prussian blue or something. And it's just, it's a lovely one because it doesn't sprawl. Because I'm going to bring you up here and show you the sprawly ones. Oh, yes. If you've been following us throughout this series, you'll know that we started in the upper part of the garden each time. But today we start on the lower level and we're rising up as we walk along. Now, we've come into the beautiful courtyard here where I've been before. Yes, you have. But uh, it looks a lot different, I think, in the summer. Now, I know tree ferns are not a Mediterranean plant, but because we're on a hill, and remember I said before about the westerly winds, Mm. this was really the only place that we could plant them, that they wouldn't get absolutely ripped by the winds. And I just think they look lovely against the stone. They're beautiful because I remember earlier on there was nothing emerging from those, just the mere signs of life. And look at them now in full display. They're lovely. They are. They're beautiful. Now, they like a lot of rain. We've also been watering every single day. Oh, look, come here. Look at them. These are all aeoniums. Aren't they unusual? So unusual, I have to say. And all in pots here and looking really healthy. I saw them for the first time when I visited Cornwall. And obviously they have a much milder climate than we do. And they seem to have them outdoors and seem to have left them outdoors. But 
I keep them in pots and then they do have to be moved into the greenhouse, sadly. But I think I'm a little obsessed with them because um, actually my son was bringing them out and this huge one here, a piece fell off and he just went, <gasps> and I said, it's OK, it's a cutting. <laughs> you know, because they take so easily from cuttings. I see lavender here and it's looking gorgeous. The bees love it, don't they? And each winter I give mine a good old pruning. I do too. And in fact, I believe if you do cut them in the autumn, it's better than cutting them in the spring. Because then if they survive the cold weather and the frost, and really what they want is drainage. Now, I'm a firm believer in um, blues in, in the garden. And obviously, like we live in Ireland, it's not the south of France. But treat yourself to a few lavenders mm. because they're just gorgeous. I mm. grow them in pots. Actually, funnily enough, in a really kind of, you know, in the part of the garden that I never bring you, the really the working area. I couldn't quite bear to throw out the lavender, so I threw them into the most horrible, stony, awful soil and just said, oh, look, sink or swim. It's the best lavender in the garden. It's just so <laughs> annoying because it's like nobody sees it. Well, I see it and my husband sees it, but like I don't bring anybody down there because it just does really well. But otherwise, I, I grow it in pots of really gritty compost. I just buy, buy the horticultural grit and, you know, then you just mix it with the compost and they seem to do very well. You see, it's up on a, on a stone. Yes. Yes, so they like good yeah, drainage. Look at the view of the Hill of Slane from the courtyard here. In fact, that uh, three-cornered shed, I think it used to be a little piggery um, and uh, we were going to put a roof on it and then we said, why would we do that? So, we are up at the house here and this is where we normally begin our feature and we're going to walk to the upper part of the gardens here that I am very familiar with. Our friends in the trees are still making plenty of noise. The year has advanced <laughs> with them. I take it there's young crows now. Oh, loads of them and it's just sometimes it's so sad because you see a little crow and it's fully developed and looks like, you know, a huge, big, normal crow. But then you realise, oh, it's just, it's come out of the nest. It's not quite ready to fly and it's kind of hopping along looking at you. And then mm. the parents go nuts up in the tree because they're feeding the crow on the ground. And if they can survive for a couple of days until they can get airborne, then they'll, they'll take off. So we kind of try and facilitate that ah, if we can, you know. So You're so good. You're yeah. so good. Look at this for a display of blue. Absolutely. And look at all the bees. Working away, picking up what they need. Yes. Now this is catmint. This is one of the larger ones. Remember I was saying about the smaller one, which is nice for an edge. But because this goes out onto the driveway, it doesn't matter that it spreads a bit. And I just like, it's very traditional colours. There's the lime green of Alchemy Mollus or Lady's Mantle, which some people hate because it seeds around. But I love it and I just deadhead it so that it doesn't seed too excessively. And then that's catmint. And then the other beautiful blue is the best geranium in the world as far as I'm concerned. It's geranium roseanne. Everybody I'm sure knows it. Every gardener probably has it. That will bloom and bloom and bloom again until the first frost. And then the bed behind has more roses Literally, it's full of colour. Potpourri of colour. Yes. I love the yellow contrast to the blue uh, there as well. It works very well. Uh, and look at your birds there. That's a beautiful bullfinch yep. feeding away at your feeders. Yeah, I, I continue to feed them. Now, not, not as much as I do in the winter mm. time, but I just leave out the peanuts. And then it's very funny. We've got a couple of the ring-coloured doves and they are so funny. They come to the back window there, you see. And I put porridge. I used to put was the porridge oats were for the robins because the robins are ground feeders. And the next thing, anyway, the, the doves discovered them. But they are that they were really shy initially. But now, if we don't put the porridge oats out at the back window, they come around the front window and they look in. And they're like <laughs> they're like humans. They kind of tilt their heads and look in as if to say, "Where's oh. my lunch?" You know, so it's quite amazing. Oh my God, the bullfinches! Yeah. Just see them there working away. What a beautiful yeah. bird! And yeah. I'm sure you have any amount of uh, feathered friends here. We haven't talked about the white bed yet, although it's white in spring. 
this really takes off during the summer. So we've got a lovely Astrantia here and we've got a white Campanula. This is a lovely Lily. Uh, we have, see the, in the centre there, now that'll be, again, I'm, I'm preempting myself, that'll be beautiful in August. That's Hydrangea Annabelle. Mm. The white of the Silene um, has just gone over and then there's a white shrub right in the middle of it, which is almost blocked out. You can see that in the winter. That's Irene Patterson. And then that geranium with the touch of blue, but mm. it is white and blue, that's got um, a fabulous name. It's called Splish Splash. <laughs> I love it. So this is a bed, folks, totally dedicated to white flowers and such a contrast to the blue just back that we've passed. And there's um, a rose two-tone. Now that is actually surprising me because that is that rose is called Winchester Cathedral and it's pure white every year. And look, there's two buds with a little yeah. hint of pink. It's where I sprayed it or something. But no. oh, I'll have to look that you up. You may have I, something unique yeah, here. I've no, started I, a new I, strain of rose or something. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so, um, but the, the white bed, there's you know more roses. Mm. And I'll have to get in now and cut that silene. So that's going to be great fun now next week. But anyway, we'll worry about that next week. And along the path here, um, this here, that's a Japanese anemone, not quite out yet. Another yellow rose, and there's lots of see the, there's roses and there's a yes. few lilies there. But you see the. I was just going <laughs> to say I was waiting for you to give me the opportunity to say, hold on a minute. There's something after catching my attention. Yeah. High up there, what is that beautiful, pinky-hued flower? That's actually a clematis. And is I, it? Yeah. And it was one of those rescue jobs from the sad bench in the garden centres a couple of years ago and I had planted it there and it did nothing until I encouraged it to to kind of crawl up mm. this shrub. And now, I mean, it's we, I put a post up actually on Facebook and many, many people said to me that it's named Josephine. So I'm delighted to have the name because it's it's beautiful. It's just such oh, a... It yeah. is just spectacular. It catches your eye. It certainly does. So it's uh, using a host shrub there to yes. uh, grow up and spread. Absolutely. Because um, I always tell people who visit the garden that this is my um, my example of how not to garden. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. You, you buy something and it says height and spread in 10 years. So I work it out and then plant it. But of course what do they do after 10 years they don't suddenly stop growing Mm. so these are 20 years planted and in fact I grew that holly there on the left that humongous holly I grew that from a berry one Christmas I planted it but anyway so they're too close together so we let the crinodendron that host plant in the middle we let that grow but we've turned the two hollies on either side into kind of lollipops Mm. just to try and give it a bit of of space it's very clever let's walk on up the hill um, do you see those? They, they're actually Amimagus or a, it's, it's like a posh cow parsley. And then that's Cosmos. Now they're just annuals because the white bed really, um, it's very difficult to keep it white, I find. So if you put in a few annuals um, when you need it during the summer, the Amimagus and then the Cosmos will just once they start flowering, they'll flower for mm. just again until first frost, which I love. I have to say we've been talking about the disappearance of insects on late lunch recently and the catastrophe that awaits us. But I'm just looking around the garden here. This is an oasis for bees and for insects of all shapes and form. There's just loads of them here. It just shows you we can work in harmony with nature, can't we? Absolutely. And um, if you have... Again, I'm, you know, I mean, I talk about colour all the time, but also if you plant a lot of uh, flowers that right start flowering from January, February, then most of the bees here are the solitary bees. Mm. 
and there's something for them and there's something for pollinators. At night time as well, there's lots of moths around the place. Mm. Uh, we also have butterflies, we have ladybirds um, and there's a good old ecosystem going here because um, down at the pond we also have newts and frogs. So people are always astonished when they see my hostas and they say, do you not have slugs? Now we do have slugs but it's just that we don't, we're not overrun by them mm. because I also raised a couple of hedgehogs about 12 years ago so I'm hoping that their descendants are you know helping to keep the slug population at bay but yeah there's lots and lots of different flowers and there's different flowers that you know will benefit different insects and different pollinators tell me this I'm getting a a really beautiful scent further up the hill is it coming from this rose up is that a climbing rose it's actually a rambler a rambler yeah rambler and it was uh I believe bred up in the Northern Ireland in Daisy Hill. Uh, it's called Rambling Rector, and it is a one-hit wonder. So, although I love plants that kind of have two seasons or something that repeat flowers, sometimes you have to make an exception, and this is one. But oh my goodness, when I go to prune that in the autumn, see that? It literally—it's I, I, like I'm going to battle. I—I I, put on a you know, kind of a heavy coat and wellies and good gloves. And no matter what I do, then the top bit catches in your hair and then you're like, so the air turns a little blue here in November, shall we say. (laughs) But isn't it worth it? It's beautiful. What do you mean it's a one hit? So um, a lot of climbing roses are repeat flowering, Mm. you know, roses. And especially if you tie them in correctly, instead of letting them, you know, ramble and go straight off up the tree or up the pole or whatever you have, if you bend the side branches Uh, kind of when they're flexible in spring and tie them in then that will put up side shoots and then the side shoots will bear lots of flowers and they'll keep flowering once you deadhead them we're back to deadheading but the a lot of the ramblers now there are one or two that do repeat flower but most ramblers just flower once so they're they're glorious for six weeks and that's it it. until next year until next year i see i see what i understand what you mean now but with the scent oh my oh my we're walking by look at the foxgloves again here and the bees are ballistic in and out of them at the minute look at them now as we climb up here i have to say with the shade of the trees now the full leaf covers on them they're at their peak midsummer yeah. you can feel the coolness can't you oh absolutely like um it's funny it's it's amusing when you go into the courtyard i think the temperature rises by about three or four mm. degrees and equally up here it actually lowers by a couple of degrees as well so um but it's all of the trees i mean they're just old ash and sycamore yeah which I believe we're going to have to learn to love. So this is very much a spring garden, and I think you remember when we were here and we had the snowdrops and the hellebores. But also in late summer, do you see this semicircle here? They're all hydrangea limelights. So hopefully in August, this will be just a mass of kind of a white blooms. Yeah. Because for listeners to describe, when I look at it, as Rosie May is saying there, and I remember it in the spring, and yeah. you did a lot of work here by pulling yeah, out stuff sure on that did. one of the times Celine. I was here. Celandine. <laughs> but it's basically green. all green. It is. But green is a colour too. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny because uh, I often you know, kind of hear people bemoaning that, oh, you know, when is the best time for colour? And green is a colour. And see all the different shades of green. Mm. Um, And those lovely plants there, um, they've got, uh, that's a Brunnera. And there's uh, different varieties of Brunnera. One is Looking Glass, one is Jack Frost. They've all different shapes of leaves. And so although they're green, they're various shades and they're kind of variegated. Some of them have edges uh, of white. And then there are lots of ferns. And again, the fer- now you're talking, when you're looking at something green, you have to start looking at shapes mm. because it's the shape of the leaf and how interesting 
They are. And do you see the ferns there at the front? Mm. They're actually, they've got a tinge of red. Yeah, see that. So the new growth is red. So it's all, but this again will, will change colour in August. Yeah. So. It's beautiful. I have to say, it's beautiful. It's cool. It's shaded. Love the weather we've been having since uh, mid-May for sure, as we were talking about earlier. But this just brings a total new aspect. And you're right, the different shapes and shades really, really make it. Yeah, and just here now, I remember I mentioned the ferns. And so ferns and hostas, I think, just are fantastic for a woodland garden. Now, people are plagued with slugs. And as I said, I'm very lucky because... Just we just don't. And I find them. I do find them, but I pick them up when I when mm. I find them, and I move them. They move house when I find them. <laughs> I can tell you, and it's interesting because I've another area down. Funnily enough, near the pond where all the frogs should be, um, that's the worst area for for snails. So, and you can find one tiny little snail, and it'll just destroy uh, mm. a hosta. Mm. That was one hosta that I've divided. I think there's about fifteen there, and what we did there was we cut a kind of a hole in the. The laurel, if you like, so I like see a, that. like a cave, yeah. And then we put the urn in, which draws your eye kind of mm. up there, and then just the lovely hostas in front. This is the part you just let go. let be and let go yeah. to nature. This is the no mo may meadow yeah. thing, but I'm amused because my father years ago used to say to me, "If you disturb the soil at all, you disturb, you know, hundreds of thousands of years worth mm. of seeds." And he's absolutely right because we tried to you know make this into like a wildflower meadow and we took off the the, we impoverished the soil by removing the top layer and I planted yellow rattle and I planted wildflower seeds and sure it's as if I never bothered Mm. so now I'm just we mow a lovely path around it and there are beautiful bulbs you can just see there's alliums up there yes and they're just the daisies and then there were um, gladiolis and there'll be daylilies later on but we just let it let it rip and it's nice because we, we, we mow around it. It's beautiful. The theme today, actually, for my visit, is the wonderful array of roses that Rosie May has here in her garden. And she's taken me here to see another one. Oh, look. Look at that. Look at the bees working like bilio in there. What is that? Now, that is Rosa Glauca. Uh, Glauca meaning Glaucus, you know, so it's a kind of a blue tinge to the leaf. And in fact, you really grow it for the leaf. And then, do you see the tiny flowers? Mm. They're most unusual. They're pink with a yellow centre. And they're again, they're open. There's lots of tiny, tiny flowers. But then, you ju- you don't deadhead this at all because then in the autumn, the most beautiful red hips develop. And so with the bluish leaves, the red hips, and then the hips are loved by the birds. So mm. it's kind of got a couple of seasons of interest for wildlife. So I just love that rose. You see that blue over there in the yeah. distance? That's actually Facelia. And that is really fantastic. If you want to plant anything for the bees, plant that. P-H-A-C-E-L-I-A, Facelia. And a wildflower, but it's it's really pretty. It's purple. That'll be a mass of bees. Absolutely. They just, they, and until the very last flower fades, they just keep keep going. And then more roses there. More roses and more <laughs> climbing roses in the distance Absolutely. and more beside. Everything is rosy in Rosie May's garden for sure today. Listen, it's been fabulous. Thank you so much for inviting me again. Rosie May, the insomniac gardener. Check her out. We're finishing off our little trip around the garden now. And I hope you enjoyed our latest visit on Midsummer's Day. God bless the work. Thank you very much. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.